excited about today's podcast episode with my man Rodney Rabani. For all of you Persian Jews listening to this, you know him, you love him. He is a therapist here in Los Angeles that focuses on the Persian and Jewish community. He started a Facebook page that has over 15,000 members on it with question of the day where people post anonymous questions asking things about dating and marriage and all the taboo things that our community feels they cannot ask in public and other people chime in and give their opinions. So I have him on today's episode because I, growing up in the Persian and Jewish community, have been very fascinated by all the rules and regulations I feel this community has brought upon us about who to date, what to date, what to look for in dating, and make sure you don't put it in public because everyone's going to know about your dating life and everyone in the community talks. So I have a very authentic conversation with Rodney today about different things from being zerang, which means girls go after the guys and stick to them until they marry you, to this concept of do girls need to settle because oh my gosh there are not that many guys in this world so find one that's remotely good and just marry him and all then in between. So whether you're Persian or not, this is going to be a very entertaining episode for you to learn about dating just in general and expectations in the Persian and Jewish community. And if you are in the Persian Jewish community, I think you're going to be able to relate to a lot of the things we talk about. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast so you can hear all the upcoming episodes and all the ones from the past and leave some comments and reviews about what you thought about this episode. Do you agree with me and Rodney? What are your thoughts? Here's our interview. Enjoy. All right, you guys, I'm so excited about this latest episode of Behind the Rainbow. I'm with my man, everyone's man, everyone in the Persian community's dating guru. I'm with Rodney Rabani. So I had you actually, I was saying, on my list of the must people that I want to do a podcast episode for a few reasons that we'll get into. But one, I just feel you have become this mover and shaker of the Persian community, stirring things up here, wow. really just causing an effect and for a place for people to talk about things that in our community, people hide from sharing how they feel mm-hmm. and being authentic and vulnerable. And I feel like you're giving that space with what you're doing with your work, with questions of the day, which we'll get into a little later. I don't know if people tell you this, but when I'm out with my friends, in a random conversation, they'll be like, oh, you know that question of the day that happened? Your forum, your Facebook page, which I'll put in the show notes that people can go and follow. People just talk about your stuff. That's why I look at you as this boss ass dude who is (laughs) making a difference. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I mean, I don't see it that way, but I get a lot of people telling me how question of the day comes up for them all the time or like they snapshot it and send it to their friends. They talk about it all the time. It's kind of shocking to me i never thought it would blow up this way this is just my passion to make a change in our community yeah so this episode i'm going to be touching upon a lot of persian jewish dating situations because i just am so fascinated by our community and i feel like there's a lot of rules and things that i wanted your expert opinion on Mm. but i think people will just be able to resonate with this a lot just in dating in general and just any kind of expectations people have in their communities or family so for people who don't know you can you explain a little bit about who you are what you do how you got into your profession wow where do i even start i work mostly with the persian jews i think i wanted to become a therapist or get into the mental health field since i was in like fifth grade i even wrote in my yearbook from a young age i was always interested in why people do things the way they do or patterns of thinking certain beliefs i was just always interested in that i don't know it's kind of crazy to think as a fifth grader to be interested in that stuff i don't know why but that's just how my brain worked at the time it's been a long long journey i wanted to go to medical 
medical school. I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Then I tried to go to dental school and I decided I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I had the chance of getting into medical or dental school. And you can imagine turning to my parents and telling them, hey, mom, dad, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I want to become a therapist. They didn't really take that so well. But thank God it's worked out very well now. They're very proud of me. I was going to say in the Persian community, I feel like there's a stigma around going to therapy. God forbid you go to therapy. Mm. And if you do, do not share to anyone else that you go to therapy. Did you feel like you would get judged by that? Do you feel like that stigma is still there? I think the stigma is still there. Thank God it's gotten a lot better over the years. And at the time, this was like 10 years ago when I decided I wanted to be a therapist. Back then, it was a lot worse. There was a bigger stigma. During that period, I went through a huge transition. I had this epiphany of letting go of the fear of what other people would think of me. I started to have this clarity. I changed my group of friends. I started dating different types of women. I had a change in my career. Just everything changed. So at the time, I didn't feel scared or worried about becoming a therapist. I love it. You knew your calling from a young age. Yeah. So we mentioned question of the day. For those who don't follow the page, which who doesn't follow the page? Can you explain what that is and how you were inspired to even start that? So Question of the Day is a forum that I started a couple years back. People send me anonymous questions. I post it in the group and people who are in the group comment. They give their opinions on the question. They try to give advice. It started a couple years before the group actually. Someone I used to work with, we used to collaborate and throw ideas back and forth to each other and I remember her approaching me with the idea of asking questions on Facebook and seeing what responses we get. At first the questions we would post were very basic light questions we weren't getting that many responses i was always into being more controversial and like let's fucking sorry can i curse yes and no but go for it (laughs) let's let's get to the real shit you know so i remember the first question i posted it was something about your wife buys you a belt that you don't like do you return it or do you wear it that created some traction and people started commenting so i went deeper and put out questions that people wouldn't really talk about or discuss especially in the persian jewish community god forbid you talk about sex or drugs or cheating or being fucked over by your friend your family friend for money or whatever things like that and i started asking those questions and i think at the time i wasn't so focused on the answers it was more about putting out this question into the universe hey this exists let's talk about it and it just got bigger and bigger and i guess you max out with five thousand friends on your Facebook page, I was getting all these friend requests and people were messaging me, hey, I'm trying to see the question of the day, but I can't because I'm not your friend and I couldn't add anyone. So I decided to make the group so I could invite more people to the group. And thank God it's like 15,000 now and growing. I was wondering why it was private. I'm like, ooh, this is so exclusive. <laughs> and I'm so curious. Half of a reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I'm like, I need to know the ins. How do you choose what questions go up? Look, I post almost every question I get because I don't believe in a silly question. I think every question that I've posted, at least one other person has been struggling with that. Sometimes I get questions that have nothing to do with what the group's about. Geared towards dating or marriage, stigmas, controversial topics in the community and things like that so like for example i got a question a couple months ago this person asked me if i can post the lyrics of a song and ask the group what they think about those lyrics this is like an artistic person (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
yeah but <laughs> totally off the group mm-hmm. so i don't know if you ever get this feedback but i feel like there's two people in this world about how they feel about questions of the day mm-hmm. one that love it like i love it because i think it has given a space and a place for people to talk about the things that they don't mm-hmm. but some people feel like it's been causing a place and a space for people to hate on each other more because people get really heated in these comments do you see that has anyone said that to you what's your comment on that great question so i definitely see that i think no matter how much i could moderate the group and try to keep that out it's gonna happen i mean have you ever looked at youtube videos people are going insane it's just a youtube video and people are starting war i think it's just human nature to engage in that type of talk no matter what group whatever it is people just have a tendency to sometimes hash it out with each other be rude or disrespectful it's unfortunate but it happens regardless i think so much more good has come out of the group People don't really see what happens behind the scene. I talk to every single person who sends a question. It's honestly become a full-time job. I think in like a very, very low level, the group has been somewhat therapeutic. Just coming somewhere to throw up how you feel and express what's happening in your mind. I think there's some low level of therapy there. So overall, I do get that it's not, you know, the most perfect situation and there is some judgment and people aren't the nicest to each other. But overall, I think the group has done a lot more good than bad. I think they're great conversation starters. I remember I was on a road trip with my friends, bored. We had like four hours. We're like, well, let's pull up question of the day. And we would <laughs> read it and we'd be like, what do you guys think? And we'd go around in the car answering so it. Funny. I know four couples who've messaged me, who've told me they've gotten married from question of the day. How so? They commented on each other's like, answers. Yeah. Private messaged each other and started dating from that. Well, you know, they say that you need to do three matches to go to heaven. <laughs> so you're like guaranteed like... Like the throne if you've had four. I mean, let's see what happens. (laughs) Okay, so a few questions about the dating world. I'm just so interested and so entertained by the Jewish and Persian community. First of all, do you find the expectations and rules in the Persian Jewish community different than other communities? I do. I think the biggest difference is that there's more focus on materialism. In the Persian Jewish community. And I'm not saying that's not the case with other ethnicities or communities, but I think it's a lot more in our community. I think as Persian Jews were just very very passionate about things that we do like have you ever been to temple and they bring the Torah out people are going insane they kiss it like a million times they're so passionate about the Torah and they're so like Mm -hmm. emotional and have you ever been to an American temple not hating on them or anything very different yeah and in the sense to clarify people don't know they're just not as like jumping on the Torah and kissing yeah they're they're chilling you know they're whatever (laughs) cool it's the Torah yeah (laughs) and I think it's in our blood to be so emotional and sensitive and deep even the Persian language the way you say I love you there's no I love you it's like I want to be your liver I want to die for you yeah so I think that being said we're also taught from a young age to not be as emotional not be as sensitive not to share our feelings i think that's created this defense mechanism for everyone or most people to mostly intellectualize things and not go off emotion go off what looks good security is really important for every relationship and financial security is a part of that but emotional security is a lot more important and i think what's happened is we've cut that off that emotion and we've put a lot more emphasis in the financial department so the guys grow up thinking that in order to show love or security they need to do with money for the women i think they recognize love with materialism as well again this isn't everyone 
This is just, I think, most people in the community. And again, it's important to have financial security, but it's not everything. And that's where the expectations have come from. And I feel, and you can tell me if you think this is wrong, but I think in this Persian Jewish community specifically, Mm -hmm. guys get married at a later age because they feel like they need to be uber successful and have their life and money and career figured out to provide for the family and then get married. Yeah, absolutely. So there's this word zerang, like sticking to things or like being... (laughs) go-getter yeah like you don't give up and you kind of hustle and don't let things get in your way yeah okay so i feel as a girl growing up they've always taught us to be zerang the girl if she marries a guy my mom would always be like oh it's because she was zerang she mm-hmm. stuck to him mm-hmm. didn't let him go and made sure she married him so you know in a persian sense you're like well i have to be zerang i have to stick to this guy in order to have him married me and that's how i'll get married mm-hmm. but with your friends and dating gurus and all the relationships they tell you do not chase the guy the guy should come after you and you should feel loved like you don't have to stick to anyone if they like you enough they'll stick to you so now as a personal kind of thing and i think maybe other girls in the persian community which one is it are you supposed to chase after the guy and stick to him and be zerang or are you supposed to let them come to you and i'm asking this as therapist ronnie and a guy tell me everything okay got it so i think both and neither it's like if you're too zerang i see it as being kind of like manipulative you got to manipulate the guy to stay with you and then doing that for the rest of your marriage and the rest of your life you know and not the opposite of zerang which was let the guy come to you or whatever i don't know if that necessarily works either to just sit back and wait for the guy to burst into your door or your house you know sweep you off your feet doesn't work that way i think there's a little bit a dance between both of them i think it's important to be available and be approachable and kind of like put it out there that you are interested in someone by flirting and doing different things you don't need to completely attach yourself to the guy or you don't need to manipulate any situation to make that happen just being approachable being open the right guy i think is going to appreciate that and make the move and carry that on and if they don't want to it's not the right guy you don't want to force any situation i think being zerang is kind of forcing yourself onto someone and i don't know if that's healthy i agree in terms of again maybe in the persian and jewish community Mm -hmm. i feel like girls are taught to settle if he doesn't look the way you want him to if you're not attracted to him at first just give it some time because look he has everything you want on paper he's a doctor he's a lawyer he comes from a good family he's nice etc etc so you'll learn to like him just give it some time which i totally get that concept of giving people a chance but i also feel like girls maybe in the persian community or in the world in general are fed this mindset that there are more girls than guys in this world and so we are at a scarcity that if we find someone who's remotely good and has pretty much all the things that we want on our checklist or our parents checklist then that's the person for us and we should i think in the words of settle for what we think is right because you never know when you'll find someone that's as good but then i feel like with guys they don't teach you that like there's no mentality of settling you get what you want and you wait until you get it so do a feel like that's true and b what's your take on that So you're saying that guys don't settle? Yeah, or just they're not taught to settle. So here's my answer. And a lot of people might not like this. And this is just my theory, what I'm seeing. I could be totally wrong. I think it depends on the age of the person. So at a certain age, I think that's when people might tell the women, you need to settle. But growing up, that's not the case. Growing up, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, most Persian women, maybe not directly, but they're told that they should have a certain level of expectation or a certain level of standard that needs to be met. And I think that's kind of what has fucked everything up now, in a way. 
I'm not blaming the girls. It's all the girls' fault here. <laughs> no, not at all. Again, I think it's the parents who are kind of like shifting this whole thing and they learned it from their parents. So here's my theory. I think girls from a young age, and this isn't all girls, just what I see or what I've heard or what I've experienced from a young age, 18, 19, are told you deserve the best. Going back to the whole money thing, financial security, you deserve to be loved and taken care of financially so most girls from 19 20 21 22 23 24 they're not looking at the 21 year old guy 23 year old guy 25 year old guy they're looking at the guy who's 30 he has his career in order he can financially take care of a wedding or a family so a lot of these guys between the ages of 22 to 28 29 they're getting passed up and they're not getting as much attention they're not getting as many opportunities to date the girls in the community because these girls are looking at the 30 and plus guys so then what happens when this 22 year old guy keeps getting passed up and now he's 30 he gets a flux of women thrown at him because he was getting rejected for most of his life and now he's 30 and he's getting all these girls and he gets spoiled it's in his head now why the fuck should i get married now so now he's looking for the next best thing and i think this is what's created this whole power struggle again i don't think women are told to settle at a young age it happens later on because now that girl that's 22 who wants to date the 30 year old the 30 year old is a fuck boy kind of now he doesn't want to really settle down because he's getting all these girls thrown at him so the girl goes from 22 23 24 27 28 because the guys aren't trying to settle they're not trying to commit and now the 28 year old girl is told to settle I'm crying. I feel like you're finally explaining to me every guy that I've ever liked and wanted to date. It's kind of fucked up. But does that mean if you're 28, you can't get married or the right guy isn't out there? No. But look, the reality is the pool is not as big anymore. And I don't think it's about settling. Going back to what should have been told to you at 19, find someone you have emotional connection to. Find someone who wants to make it work with you. Find someone who is giving you safety and security emotionally and financially. Find someone who has the potential to give you what you want and make it work with you. Find someone who you intellectually connect with. Find someone you have fun with. We're not told these things. We're mostly told find someone who's a doctor or a lawyer or comes from a good family whose parents aren't divorced. That doesn't matter. And it's funny in the Persian community, the first thing if you tell your parents you're dating someone, they're like, what is their last name? Family. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, they rode the camel with our grandma. They're good people. Go out with them. Right. My next question for you speed dating i feel like it's such a throwback because we don't hear about that anymore i know it's supposed to be confidential but since it's my thing can i say that i came to one of your speed dating sure, events yeah, yeah. um so i came to one of i them. wasn't gonna say anything unless yeah yeah well at this point i'm trying to be authentic in my podcast so uh -huh. whatever <laughs> you guys can all know i told people in the last episode i'm on dating apps so at this point just know my whole life here's my social security <laughs> i will first give a shout out to my friend deanna spear who i give a shout out in every episode for signing me up for this or throwing <laughs> in my name to you for this i was like oh my god deanna because she knows everything about me i'm like rodney told me about the speed dating thing and i'm like i'm not going and i didn't know at the time she had given my name she's like are you kidding me i gave your name <sighs> she forced me i'm like putting my hands over my shoulders like shrugging like the whole day complaining that i don't want to go mm -hmm. my family's like you're going my friends are like you going i'm like oh guess i'm going i'm so happy you came i you know what now that i talk so much shit about it i would like to say that i had a lovely experience mm. i'll 
I'll get into I wanted to ask you how you came up with this. But what I liked, so what you guys said is that here's the dress code. You all have to wear white t-shirts and jeans and white sneakers, which first of all is zero my attire. So that in itself was causing me anxiety. I'm like, I don't have a white shirt, (laughs) SOS. But I loved it because I think the concept of that is that everyone's coming as one form and one look. So you're not judging people or basing your opinions off of what they look like. It's just off of them. I'll get into my other thoughts about it, but I just loved that to start off. And I wanted to know how you came up with doing the speed dating and what it is exactly because I didn't explain sure. how you, the setup is. So the setup is just simple speed dating idea of 10 guys, 10 girls come in, you get three, four minutes with each person. So the girls sit, they don't move, the guys rotate. After you meet everyone, at the end, you write down three names of people that you're interested in, in order. If you were down with Dave, you know, more than any other guy, you write him as number one and then Fred and then whatever. We look at both lists and we see who prioritized who, who wrote each other's names down and we linked them up. Thank God it's been pretty successful. We've done four events so far and we've had like four or five matches in each. So that's like 20 matches. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How does it work? Because I need to know if my number one is not someone else's number one, but I'm on their list. Do we still match in a way? Yes. So let's say you write, I mean, you didn't write these names, but let's mm-hmm. let's just say you wrote like Josh as number one. Mm-hmm. So then I'll look at Josh's name. Let's say Josh wrote you as number two, but Josh wrote Susan as number one and Susan wrote Josh as number one. He's going to get matched with Susan because he put Susan number one. But then how about if Josh wasn't on Susan's list? Then we match you. And do you think my only thing about that is that, for example, I didn't know any of the girls there. I think they were a little younger than me, Mm -hmm. but I knew all of the guys, maybe except one. Mm -hmm. So obviously I did write people down, some of which I knew from before. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I already knew a bunch of these people. So I already have my opinion about them and already like I'm like, well, I've seen them before. If Mm -hmm. I liked them, I would have gone for it, which can kind of go both ways. But do you feel like it kind of hurts the situation because right now it's Persian focused, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of putting people that already know each other in a situation yeah i knew that going into it but that's the thing the way you probably connected with those guys there within those two three minutes you probably didn't have that connection with them outside even if you knew them you're forced to interact on a different level and i think see the person in a different light i think that's the difference here you could have known all the guys but maybe you've never really talked to those guys more than like 10 seconds think of dating apps what i hear so much now is girls tell me like get like 10 matches and the guys don't even message me the matches just sit there or like the guy might say hey what's up it ends there so this is kind of different you can't just sit in front of each other and waste those three minutes you have to talk to each other this one couple they're still going actually they've known each other for like 15 years they had all these pre-judgments about each other but those three minutes that they were forced to talk to each other changed everything and they actually started liking each other that's so crazy yeah that was kind of the whole point i think why i even started this was realizing that there was not much substance in dating apps this forced people to have some type of interaction and substance i love that so behind the rainbow is just a podcast about people having a space to be authentic and talk about their real life struggles and real life things Mm -hmm. so i like to do this exercise with guests on my podcast about is there something that happened to you in the past few weeks could be big it could be small that just was shitty and that you had to deal with that you didn't really announce on social media didn't announce to many people and how did you deal with that 
something I haven't really talked about was my wife's pregnancy. I have twin girls. They were born seven and a half months ago. No one really knows, but they were two months premature. And that whole process throughout the labor, my wife had a C-section. It was really hard for me. I was in the room and it was very traumatic. Not knowing what was happening, thinking, God forbid, my wife was not going to get through that or my babies. Thank God they're fully healthy and fine. They're perfect babies now, but two months premature is not a joke. They had all these things wrapped around them and tubes down their nose and throat. That was really traumatic. And as a guy, as a Persian Jewish guy, especially, you're supposed to be strong and not show emotion. I did that. I was that. And I think I repressed a lot of those feelings. And I started having some nightmares later on, some down moods. I realized I had a traumatic experience through all that. I've done my own therapy throughout the years, but I increased it during that time. I talked about it more. I shared it with my friends and other people. And there's nothing more important than having support around you. And I think doing all those things helped cope with everything. And thank God my wife and kids are fine now. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so happy to hear everything's okay. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Last question for you. If people were to leave this episode with you, what is a takeaway you want to give to people? I would say don't let fear dictate your life. There's that saying, fear is the death of joy. And for as long as you live in fear, you're going to be in survival mode, which is fight or flight. And everything goes out the window when you're there. There's no joy. There's no passion. There's no fun. There's no creativity. It's not a good place to be. It doesn't serve you well. Just to kind of simplify it and attach it to something like there are a lot of people out there who want to get married. They put this pressure on themselves. I have to get married. I'm getting older and I get it yeah you might be at a point where you've accomplished everything is the next step but if you put that pressure and that fear on yourself you're going to be living in that fight or flight mode you're not going to be authentic to yourself it's not going to be fun dating things that are important to you you're going to be blinded to those things everything will work out have faith and free yourself of the fear of whatever it is and just relax Thank you so much, Rodney, for doing this. I've been so excited all day for this podcast episode. Please, you guys, subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already. Leave a rating and review because I'm trying to take over the world with this. I'm going to put your Instagram and your Facebook page in my show notes for people to follow you along. I hope this was informative and don't be zering. That's what we've come (laughs) to the conclusion. Love you guys. Until next time.